Hello everyone and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. We could not continue 2022 without settling who is the best women's handball player of 2021. We did it for the men just before the end of the year and now we're going to get it in before the IHF do and they decide who the player of the year is at the end of March. Uh, We did plan to have the whole team here because we have Brian Campion. How are you, Brian? Not too bad. And we have Lara Ajena here as our resident women's handball expert. How are you, Lara? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Uh, Brian, Very how good. are you? It's good to have you back on. And uh, we couldn't do this one without you, that's for sure. And we also had Alex planned. And we're actually recording this on a Tuesday. We had originally planned to record it on a Monday. But then Alex wrote a couple of hours before... Sorry, guys, I've just been called up last minute to play for the first team at his club. They don't have any other line players, so I have to play. And we're meeting when we were about to record. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Uh, no problem. We'll uh, we'll see if we can reschedule it for Tuesday. Laura was fine with that. And then Alex's evening took a turn for the interesting. Let me just see what he's, uh, what he's written here. And... Uh, he said, uh, I just had the maddest game. Finger dislocated. Our goalkeeper popped it back in. I came back in in the second half, scored two goals in a row with the scores level, and we won 23-21. That was like heroic effort here from Alex Kulish. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he posted it in two different WhatsApp groups I was in. That's how proud he was of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that now. <laughs> and so we we had I had planned to talk to him about this and let him tell the story. I'm sure he will tell the story at some point in the future. But then again, just two hours before recording today, another excuse came up. Uh, sorry, guys, to do this at the last minute, but I'm on my way to the hospital to get an X-ray on my finger because it's swollen a lot up over the last uh, over the course of the day. So, understandable, I think. Uh, good reason for Alex not to be here. But we'll have Laura uh, fill in on Alex's knowledge as well. So, interestingly enough here, unlike when we did the men's one at the end of 2021, we were doing it because we thought there would be no IHF World Handball Player of the Year because they, they haven't done it for a couple of years now. They looked like they weren't going to be doing it again. So we went and uh, we decided it for ourselves. In the end, Matthias Giesel was the winner on the men's side. I think a deserving one as well. And uh, it only came up then we spoke about on the last podcast that the IHF have given nominees for both the men's and women's one. And what we're going to do similar to uh, the men's one at the end of the year is give our own nominees in different areas of the handball year in 2021 and then we're going to fight among ourselves or maybe we'll all be in agreement as to who the women's handball player of 2021 is so brian is going to cover the world championship which took place right at the end of the year 
I'm going to cover the Champions League. Alex was going to cover the Olympics and we were going to have Laura as the biggest expert among us give like an overall impression and an overall uh, pick of three players. But instead, she's going to do the Olympics as well. And then we can uh, get the overall impression at the end when we, we make a final decision. So maybe before we go into that, uh, we can go through the what the IHF nominated. And uh, I want to get both your opinions on this. Uh, we'll start with Laura here. So we have five players nominated. Sandra Toft, Stina Oftedal, Kari Bratzit, Pauletta Foppa, and Gras Zadi. What do you think? Um, I don't think the list is bad, of course. Uh, all five players have shown a very good level throughout the year. and But I think um, at some point, if if you have to make a list, then I think one name is missing. And for me, it's Henny Reistad. Um, she's had an amazing year, won the Final Four, MVP of the Final Four, also had a very good Olympic Games. And again, if, if you ask me, I don't think I would take any of the other players out of that list, but I would maybe add Henny Reistad in that one. I don't know how 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 can you compare um, all of them and leave one of them outside. Mm, well, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> For me, I have yeah. a clear winner, so I don't really need yeah. a list. Okay. Uh, it's interesting you said that. Interesting you said there's a clear winner because Brian also said before we started recording that there's an obvious winner. I'm not going to ask you for that, Brian, now, but first of all, what's your impression of that list? I kind of wish you asked me first because I have all the same points to make that uh, any race that was missing <laughs> from that. Uh, I can't remember I exactly what you said, but she scored 12 goals in the final as well of the of the final four. Became MVP of the final four. Best left back at the Euro. Won world championship gold. Okay, didn't make it onto an all-star team. And was best all-star player, uh, best young all-star player of the Champions League season. And that, all that, and she's only 23. You kind of forget that. You feel like she's 27 or something like that. She's still only 23 years old. So I'll stop talking right now before I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I feel like we're already kind of crossing over here a little bit, <laughs> particularly when I've got the Champions League to cover. <laughs> but uh, yeah, how about, how about we start with the uh, most recent event then and the World Championship? And we're all going to give three nominees... Uh, they could overlap here. I mean, I have a couple of backups just in case we need to to shake things up a bit. Uh, but we'll start with that with Brian and your your three nominees and why they were the best players from the World Championship. Right. So I'll start with someone I didn't nominate because that feels right somehow. <laughs> uh, I'll start with Natalie Hagman didn't make the the cut. And didn't make the cut just because I think it was incredible the goal, the 91 goals she scored, but somehow elevated by a huge amount of goals against the likes of Kazakhstan. And I think it just didn't sit with me somehow right. Even though from here on out, we're going to see that probably pretty much at every world championship where you might have top scorers get into the 90s, into the goals with the introduction of uh, some of these smaller smaller handballing nations so while she had an amazing tournament I'd say she's probably fourth if you know what I mean on my on my list of nominations I wanted to put a goalkeeper in just because I like to be uh, fair and balanced and 
it was it was very difficult. I remember at, when I was watching the tournament, it was very difficult to pick between Reinhardt and Tuft. I remember we were talking about it when we were watching the World Championship back then. We were saying, God, it's a, it's a real toss-up. Who's going to get nominated for the All-Star team? And it was literally game by game or half by half. You're thinking, oh, some absolute incredible saves by by uh, both keepers. And I think Reinhardt in the end had the better save percentage, but faced fewer shots. But it was it was very, very close in the end. I think Reinhardt finished on 50% for the tournament, which is absolutely incredible. But Sandra Toft saved 80 out of 188 shots. But I do remember her towards the latter end of the tournament being a little bit more pivotal. So I gave her the the nod here. So Sandra Toft will be my goalkeeper nomination. Can I just say on Althea Reinhardt, I love the use of the word shots faced. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who can forget? Who can forget? I mean... Tofta maybe gets the nomination, but yeah, very graphic. <laughs> that was subconscious. And Althea Reinhardt, well, she became famous in a completely different way with that mural and the uh, shot to the face. Laura, do you remember who took that shot? Um, yeah, I think uh, it was um, Elise Toblon, right? Uh, and very good. It was at the very beginning of the match. And if I'm not wrong, maybe yes, I'm wrong. I think she was top scorer of that game. Or yep. at least she was very important uh, throughout the entire uh, game. And now, if if you look at the changes of the rules that we have uh, this year, then maybe she would have missed uh, that semifinal. Yeah, she did have a great game after after that. It uh, reminds me of the old uh, old thing that uh, former teammate, I think of both of ours, Brian Gianni, uh, an yeah. Italian player, who once told me. If you miss your shirt first shot, it's okay. But if you miss your second shot, with the third shot, you have to hit the goalkeeper in the face. Then you won't miss anymore. <laughs> wise, <laughs> wise words. You wise words from a, a different school of handball. I would say. Yeah, the the red card school of handball. <laughs> All right, so you you have gave us two so far. You gave us three, uh, in fact. But um, did I? No, you gave us I, two. Yeah, no, no, I gave two. And your three. I only give you one, actually, technically. Yeah, 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 technically, yeah. My second nomination then would be Miss Solid herself. That sounds wrong. No, Miss Solid. No, Miss uh, Stable, let's say. Uh, Carrie Bratzett, who got MVP of the whole event, was just so stable throughout the whole uh, the whole tournament. I think she got seven, seven goals in the semi, five in the final, and just that's what you want your line player to be, is uh, stable and not dislocating your fingers so she didn't do that once so that's uh already has an advantage or if she did she didn't complain about it yeah (laughs) or send it to multiple groups (laughs) he didn't send the 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 hospital one into two different groups i'd say though no anyway just us (laughs) just us so carrie bratzett would be the second nominee and then i was conflicted then about having a a third or sorry second norwegian but my I don't want to give too much away here, but my top nomination will be to uh, to Henny Reistat. She won World Championship gold, and I feel like it was maybe her, not her highlight event of the whole year, but I'm putting her in for the reason that I think she had a wonderful year overall. So if I didn't nominate her for the World Championship, my argument wouldn't hold any water. So I'm putting her in here as uh nominee. She was in the All-Star team as well for that World Championship. 
Left back, uh, yes. Yeah, and was the top scorer in the final. So, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> you, know, you can't yeah. really complain with that. <laughs> that's pretty good going. True. Yeah, that's good going. All right. Uh, any other people outside of those top three slash four that you, you want to give a, a shout out to or, or you, you feel like you've given everyone the love they deserve? I mean, obviously, you had um, some of the French players who had pretty pretty good tournaments. We had Fopa, who we talked about earlier. Cameron Martin sticks out in my head somehow as well, I remember. Yeah, Cameron Martin, also a good shout there, also because she's come back into the Champions League. Uh, Laura, are we... We're going to give you a broad range at the start of this, but uh, now we're asking you to be a bit more specific with the Olympics. And you were actually there in Tokyo, uh, but because you were working at it, probably means you didn't get to watch that much. <laughs> that is exactly, yeah, that's what I told you earlier. Um, I was, it's, it was very ironic, but I was there from the team's arrivals at the village and up until the very end but if you ask me what I remember from the Olympic Games is just tiredness I don't remember uh, parts of games um, or any specific moment um, I was fortunate enough to watch the finals both of them but but if I have to go with players that, that I think uh, had a very good performance during the Olympics maybe Maybe in this case, we will not necessarily overlap. And one of them in particular will not be in the list or, or in our final list for, for the overall performance of the year. Um, this, when I'm talking about Ana Viajideva, I think she had a very good Olympic Games. And she was pivotal in the semifinal against Norway uh, once again. But I think then if, if you look at the end of the year in which she, you know, had to take a rest and decided to stop playing. And I think only now she's resuming trainings with uh, Rostov Don. I don't think she will actually make it in the final list, you know, for for 2021. But I think if you ask me about players who have been good during the Olympic Games, she has to be one of them. Then I will, I will have to say another one that I don't think well, it's, it's definitely not on the IHF list, and it's not my chosen one, but it's Amandine Leno. She also had very good Olympic Games, and um, I think she she mentioned it before. It was a cherry on top uh, for the end of her uh, career with the national team, winning gold and also being so solid and so um, determining and throughout the entire tournament, I think. And... A third one, that's a difficult one. Um, I don't have a clear third. What about you? I, I would say Yamina Roberts. I think of the two of the international tournaments, like she has been uh, an outstanding player. So uh, maybe if, if I were to nudge you in a direction, it would be Yamina. <laughs> yes, and I, I do remember talking about this with, uh, with Nagore too. And also thinking that maybe she also kind of deserved being the best left back of the last world championship as well but that is just an opinion right but yeah i would i would i would say yamina roberts but it's you know it's weird we're talking about possibly the most important tournament of the year the olympic games and none of the players that i've mentioned are on the ihf list nor are my chosen ones for, for the <laughs> award of the year okay but, but it's weird you know it's, 
but it's just one tournament. It's only 15 days. So um, I guess it's important to be in shape for those 15 days, but in the overall performance of the year, um, how much does it add? You know, like how much weight? Merit. How much weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. for me, oh, I, won't, I don't want to give it away now. Uh, I won't say now, but you won gold. Does it have the same weight of, you know, as having Final Four and the World Championship? I don't know. I don't think so, somehow. I always, in my head, seem to put a lot more weight on winning the Champions League. I think, I don't know, it's quite, it's a lot more difficult somehow over the whole season to do that. Yeah. Um, but, but if you ask, I'm sure if you ask the players which which of the three tournaments they'd most like to win uh, in Olympics. last year, the Olympics yeah. would have been the, the answer, right? I think, yeah, yeah I think that would be the top... Uh, and particularly this one's because they've been postponed and uh, there wasn't any um, audience in there. So I think they were very special in that sense. Yeah. I think uh, maybe it's just because it happened so quickly. You know, they, they play as many games as uh, your average world or European championship. Uh, it's just that it happens very, very quickly. Like in 16 days, it's over. Um, it's very intense. But... Yeah, that's why uh, I guess that's why it's good to look at it this way and, and break it up into the different types of events so we can um, give them their credit as well. But I think that's a good trio. And yeah, interesting to see if any of them make it into our final shortlist. Here's the thing. Oh, if I only on, have to mention the ones for the Olympic Games, then yeah. my winner for 2021 is not there. So <laughs> exactly. Do you want to leave me for that? Or? No, no, no. That's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're all given these like uh, four warnings as to the actual answer. Um, we'll see if people uh, people agree. Well, hopefully, we all we all th- we all think we're thinking the same thing, but we'll find out in about ten or fifteen minutes whether that's true or not. <laughs> it's going to be a very short podcast if it is. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the debate, who's your who's your standout right. player? So what we'll do name. after I give the champion my Champions League nominees, we each give three finalists each and see uh, if we overlap in them. Okay, so on to the Champions League, and for this, as it's twenty twenty one, I have to consider the second half of the of last season and the first half of this season i'll give some stats though for the for the overall season particularly in the case of the first player um i've nominated because they were just astonishing and it's anna gross who i think when we talked about her early in 2021 it was like she's the best handball player in the world so there was a there was a period particularly the first half of the year where everyone saw her as at a completely different level uh compared to everyone else she ended up with 135 goals in the Champions League last season, which is is quite astonishing. And when you compare it then to the the rest of the top scorers, like Christina Niago was on 115, and that itself is astonishing. And then third place was Veronica Christiansen, uh, who was part of a Jura team that got to the final four on 97 goals. So that's 38 goals more than third place. So she was just on a different planet for uh, Breast Britannia. And she was one of the main reasons why 
They got to the final four. I don't think she was able to, uh, well, she helped them get to the final, which I think was was a big uh, achievement for Brest beating Jura in the semi-final and then came up against you-know-who uh, in the Vipers team in, the, <laughs> in that final. And um, then also with, uh, with CSK this season, so far, 71 goals in 11 games. Of course, not all of those in 2021, but uh, she... Well, she's kept it up, really, and I think she is kind of hindered in all of this because she's playing internationally for Slovenia, but I think uh, despite that, she should get a nod. Yeah, just for a bit of context on that as well, in the 1920 season, you, you, the top scorer was Jovanka Radicevic, and she scored 97 goals. So the mm. top three goal scorers would have been probably the top goal scorer, goal, top goal scorer in a normal season. And the season before that, then in, in eighteen nineteen, uh, Lynn Sulland scored eighty nine and was a top scorer. So you can see just how bonkers those numbers are when you have the top scorer scoring one hundred and thirty five, and then even number two and number three probably would have been top in a different season. A second nomination is Henny Reista for reasons you've all mentioned already. Uh, Twenty two goals in the HF final four, ten in the semi final. 12 in the final against Brest. And the crazy thing for me about that was that 22 goals uh, was a quarter of her goals for the entire season. So she really stepped it up towards the end. And it wasn't just at the final four, but I also remember in uh, both of the uh, the knockout rounds as well that she was really instrumental. Uh, it was against Rostov, I think, at the quarterfinals wasn't it? And uh, they played Odense in the last 16 of the playoffs. And there were times where she basically decided, as she often does, is like, okay, it's my time to score a bunch of goals here. And uh, and she did exactly that. Made the move to Team Esberg then, which uh, was a bit of a questionable one, particularly as she ended up winning the Champions League with Vipers. People were wondering whether that was the right thing. Uh, also because Esberg weren't guaranteed to be in the Champions League. They scraped in in the end, and she scored 77 goals so far this season. So she has been uh, a leading light for them, uh, just like a, a different level player. And when she scored those 22 goals, she was 22 years of age, now 23. And uh, she'll be part of these discussions for many years to come. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. We'll talk more about her later. And uh, for the third nomination, it's uh, it's a tough one. I had a few players in mind. Uh, Yamina Roberts was almost like single-handedly keeping Sevahoff in with a chance of qualifying. Um, she's the third top scorer so far this season. Christina Niagu has just been uh, ridiculously good for the, the last two seasons in the Champions League. Again, almost single-handedly keeping uh, CSM Bucharesti in as like a top team. And it's crazy to think that, you know, less than two years ago, she was... Uh, well, in both in Robert's case, it was just over a year and a half ago, or not even, where she gave birth. Niagu had her, I don't know which number knee injury it was, but she managed to bounce back from that. Uh, both of them playing incredibly well. Sandra Toft was amazing for Brest last season and um, has been very good for them this season as well. And you mentioned her there, Brian, as being the top scorer from two seasons ago. 
She was fourth last year and currently fourth this year. Jovanka Radicevic is just a Champions League player through and through. It's amazing how she keeps going. So maybe he deserves a bit of a, a shout out as well. But if I were to choose one of them, I think uh, it would be... Oh, we have to give Niagu a, a shout. I think as long as she's playing handball, she has to be like a shortlisted player. So Niagu gets that. But but I feel like she's one of those players like she's you know she's always there. Do you necessarily need to put her on the list? Because like she's constantly good. And then for one particular year, maybe she's not as astounding as she is always she always is. And but that doesn't necessarily mean that she hasn't been good. But there are some players that you know maybe don't get that same consistency throughout the year. So I think it's it's worth giving a shout out to someone else. Now that we've heard all of our opening statements, it's time for the arguments. And we'll start with Brian. What are your th- what are your shortlisted three after all of that? Oh, this reminds us of the three we all took. So mine were Carrie Bratzett, Sandra Tuft, and Henny Reistat. Okay, yours, Chris, were were Anna Gross, Henny Reistat, and Christina Niagu. Mine were Anna Viajideva, Amandi Leno, and Yamina Roberts. But still, my winner is not on the list. <laughs> so I'm going to go for, in no particular order, number one, Henny Reistat. Mm. No, no particular order there now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll take, I, do you know what? I'm going to take Jamina Roberts just because it's, it's, it's quite the story, you know? And she really, uh, seemed to have transformed herself in that whole year. So I just I just love that. And I really enjoyed personally watching her play. Um, and then, hmm. So in between Niagu or, actually, I'll go for Niagu because of the, just of pure consistency. And as you, as Lara said, she's so good for so long and always there, thereabouts, that you kind of, she kind of becomes part of the furniture and everyone thinks, ah, well, you know, yeah, it's just Niagu. So I'll put her in there. So mine will be Reistat, Niagu, and Roberts. Okay, Laura. Okay, so again, I gave, I think I gave it away before when I said I didn't mention her. So now when I mention her, y'all know. I would say Yamina Roberts on the third place. Henny <laughs> Reistat on the second. And my winner would be Grasadi. The good thing is she's on the iChep list. So there was no need for me to mention her in um for the olympic games which i also think she she did good but um my winner is grassley and if you need for me to give the reasons why i chose her um you can do that in a minute <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i've forgotten you were going to go for grassley i remember you, you 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 hinted at her uh before so I think we're actually at the end, it is going to be a fight because we don't agree, which is good, which is really good. Well, I, even, I even mentioned it um, last year. I think last year, one of the last times I was on your podcast, I even mentioned it. Yeah. Now, I'll let you, dis- I'll let you explain why she's been so good in 2021. Another player who isn't going to be in the list in the end but deserves a shout out is Bruna De Paola who has been really, really good in 2021. And I think it hurt her a bit that she wasn't playing in the Champions League um, in the first half of the year. 
the player who Anna Gross challenged me to name as the best one-on-one player in the world at the uh, at the HF Final Four last year. My top three, in no particular order, would be Sandra Toft, Henny Reister, and Yamina Roberts. So okay, <laughs> here we go now. This is where friendships go out the window. Um, Lara, can you convince us why Grassadi is better than Henny Rystad in twenty twenty one? Oh wow! Okay, so you know the mentioned the well, you said a few seconds ago you had the reasons. Um, yeah, well, I don't necessarily have to convince you. I've just convinced myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think, oh, it's, I don't think it's hard to explain why. The thing is, when you have, when you compare and you go to the numbers, maybe that's when uh, you can give Henny the edge because she was MVP of the Final Four. And as you uh, mentioned, Chris, she was very important for um, the playoffs and the quarterfinals and then, of course, scoring those 22 goals in the Final Four. And then it seems like, um, and I think Brian said this, she's, she's only 23, but she plays so maturely. It seems like she's been playing for ages. And, and so it's easier, maybe, uh, to give Henny Leist at the edge. But this, <laughs> I think it's just, this is a case of... Um, a personal uh, choice. I don't know. I think uh, uh, Grass's uh, style of, of play is just, to me, is just astounding. She's not only a very good scorer, but she is also a great, is, this a, is it assistant, the word? <laughs> a proper playmaker. She, yeah. I think she's, yeah. um, and she's been showing that um, throughout the year and mostly maybe I think um, after the Olympic Games, she's also had a very good season with Rostov Don so far. Um, not so far, but we're only counting until December, right? Um, yeah. She, with her Rostov Don, I think she was a, it, it was a very serious candidate for the final four again. Uh, but, but again, we're not going into that because uh, Rostov are out now. But I think it's, it's hard for me to convince you when, uh, when, <laughs> We, we talked, we, I think we even talked about this during the final, um, of the world championship. Uh, we were sitting at the press tribune together and you were saying, uh, I mean, why isn't she already the world's best player? And it is that, I mean, she, you already wanted her to be named without even having any nominations or anything. <laughs> Biased. Well, <laughs> I know, and I mean, I think there were many, many yeah. journalists already saying she is already the best, the best player of the world. But yeah, it's just for me, I don't think it's worth trying to convince you. It's just no, uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta speak like uh, on behalf of Z- like the Zadi case as well because I th- she's one of those players that. You have to. Something has to trigger in your memory, saying yes. In fact, she is that uh, that good. She, sometimes she can go a little bit under the radar because, also because 
the stats that she often provides and the way she plays doesn't always lean to those stats. And like think about the Olympics, and of course they were champions in the end. France, she was the all-star playmaker. There were times in, and particularly in the important games uh, for France at the the World Championship as well, where she just played it completely at a different level to everyone else. Um, I think it was in the semi-final. Uh, against you know semi-final against Denmark where she completely dictated the entire game in the second half she decided which what what pace it was going to be played at all the time because she knew that's how they're going to win it and yeah maybe it's just that she she she's the she's the smart person's choice for this uh, which is why you're here Lara <laughs> whereas on the other hand you have yeah I think I we also have to give her a lot of credit uh, for her defensive uh, pace, because mm. she's also a very good defender. But the, but then again, Reista is also a good defender. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, have, I stick with her, but yeah. I don't necessarily have the best reasons for you to change your mind. <laughs> this is again, this is about the taste, right? Is there something to be said for since we can't agree that we all just go for Jamina Roberts and throw over the curveball to the world? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Roberts was in all three of our final shortlists, right? Yeah, that is true. I mean, so. and if you ask me, I think once you're in the list, unless you don't have reasons to be in the list, once you're on the list, I think um, it's very small details that can really determine who the winner is, unless it's something really clear, like, I don't know, you won Final Four, MVP, World Championship, Olympic gold. I mean, maybe that's the yeah. only thing missing for um, me to yeah. give it to write that. Well, Reistad did win the Champions League and did win the World Championship. <laughs> and yeah, was but then again, so <laughs> gold in, in Tokyo, so exactly. that's why also <laughs> so like, two, how two much weight the Olympic Games have against all of the other tournaments. That's it's it is it is a it is a very good point. And I, when I said Zadi is like the smart person's choice, because like it is the re- it's a reasonable choice because of those things that you mentioned and that, you know, are clear in terms of the way she plays. But then you have like the final of the world championship where Henny Rice that single-handedly turned the game around. And you have the final four where Henny Rice has scored 22 goals. <laughs> and then it's like, can you really argue with that? With like explosivity like that. And so it's whether, I don't know, it's the, Again, then it's a question also what how you interpret the best player in the world for that year. Is it someone who is technically the best or has the biggest impact? And that's why I'm, I, I'm sticking, I think, with, uh, sticking with Raisa. Stay right there. I think that's the key. Um, but then I think we also mentioned this during the that if we had to mention two of the moments that maybe were the moments that turned that final around were those final minutes of the first half with those, mm-hmm. I don't know, four or five, two-minute suspensions. And then when race that got into the game and then after four or five minutes, uh, the game was tied again at the beginning of the second half. So I think she was also very important for that, of course. I'm sort of now thinking maybe she hasn't earned it because Torgoriasen didn't start her in loads of games at the World Championship. Do you remember that? We're all thinking, why is she not on the court? And maybe there's a reason. Maybe we should make Henny work harder for this award and we'll leave her another year 
and we'll have her on the bench and we give it to Jimena Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so now you're really you're going in in Camp Roberts, right? I don't know. I think I'm a, we're benching anyway. She needs to like it's not she has a lot of awards, but she needs more. You know, she needs to really show us that she's one of the worst best players. <laughs> this this yeah. is what happened with the men's. Well, the reason why we shouldn't have given, like people said, or that we said among ourselves, that Gielsen might not get it because he was only 21. Rysad is much older than that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No. Ooh. Okay. I'm, 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 no, I am joking around though. I would think Rysad's the, the clear option, but if we were going to have separate categories, we could have two more. So we could have Reichstadt Player of the Year, the People's Champion, Grace Addy, and the Feel Good Story, Jamelia Roberts. There you go. What do you think, Laura? <laughs> Don't look convinced. <laughs> I mean, as I said, um, for me, even from last, from the end of 2020, Grass that he was already the best player of the year for me. Um, but but if we if we have to give an award, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but we didn't. We didn't. Um, I don't think we talked about this for 2020. I would have chosen her as well, or maybe by then it was between Oftedal and her. Um, but I think right now, maybe if if I have to agree with you. Then uh, you don't have to agree with us. <laughs> the the, po- the podcast just keeps going until you agree with us. If I don't have to, <laughs> if I don't have to agree with with you, then my winner is, is the study. I, of course, I weighed everything, and and if you go to the numbers, as I said before, I think any base study is a, the safe choice. is um, is almost like the clear choice. But I think um, the way she's been playing, the the way that he's been playing has been determining and. She doesn't have to score 22 goals uh, in a weekend uh, to kind of like prove what she's capable of. So for me, she's a winner. Okay. But I can accept that Henry race that is on is on is, is your choice. What it what I, what I think is unacceptable <laughs> is that the IHF didn't even mention her on their <laughs> list. Yeah. That is worse because that is. But you know what's interesting. Have the word for that. What's interesting as well, we haven't even mentioned uh, Steen Oftedal. Did anyone mention Steen Oftedal in this conversation? Not mentioned at all. I haven't, but it's one of those, it's just like Niago, like you mentioned yeah. before. There, yeah. There's a there's a group of, a very small group of players that you can always mm-hmm. name and it'll be fine. That's what worries me about the IHF's list is that... I mean, there are five players there. They're all very good, but there are some big names not there. And two of the top, two of our top three, it seems, uh, Roberts and Rystad are not there. I think this one is so we, we've all given our personal winners. I think this one is going to have to go to a public vote for the unofficial, uninformed handball hour player of 2021. So we're going to have to put that on the socials. Uh, on the men's side, we all agreed in the end, and then the then the public agreed. So uh, we're going to have to throw it out there to a vote. I think that's easy. I mean, you, you can call a vote, but I think you don't have to vote for, for Henry because, you know, because if you don't have a chance to vote in the real list, then then of course you're going to vote for her when you see her on some list. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe Jamina Roberts ruins it and it surprises us all, and we're all there pie in our face. I mean, that's that's going to be it now. Like we're like the underform handballer is going to be pushing the Rystad vote. Uh, Emil Berggren is going to get wind of this and push it on Save Hoff for Roberts to win, and then playmaker women's handball is going to push the Zadi vote. And for the record, I I spoke with Nagoda before uh, talking yeah. to you, and we both agree that that's the the, the best play of twenty twenty one. So it's a tie at 2-2. It's a deadlock, yeah. And um, I don't know who Alex would have gone for. Maybe I'll ask him I'll ask him now, and then by the end of the chat, we might have an answer. Um, but in the meantime, before we finish the podcast, and I'm really glad we, we actually have a more, ended up with a, a more uh, heated discussion than the men's one, which is, uh, which is wonderful. Let's, uh, let's look ahead to the, the second half of the women's, EHF Champions League season, while we have you, Laura. Yeah, it's all a bit uh, of a mishmash now, I think, uh, because of the uh, exclusion of the Russian teams. So we have three playoffs now coming up, and it's uh, it's Odense against Brest, uh, Borussia Dortmund against Metz, and Krim against FTC. But Borussia Metz is actually a quarterfinal, basically, because uh, Rostov Don will not be in the quarterfinal waiting for them. So the winner of Borussia Dortmund versus Metz will go to the final four. And then we also have Dürer, Vipers, CSM Burgresti, and Esbjerg waiting in the quarterfinals. So now that we know who's left in the competition, uh, what do you expect from the, the knockout rounds? Yeah, for the one you mentioned uh, between uh, Borussia and Mets, I don't think I don't think uh, Borussia will have many chances there. Of course, it's two games, but um, the way Mets have been playing, and also they may start the quarterfinal um, at the very end of the group round. So um, I don't think Borussia will stand a chance there. For Brest Odense, that's a that's a tricky one. I think uh, both of them have not been very consistent, and in the last, but in the last stretch, both of them did very good. If I have to go with one, I would like to see Brest again in the quarterfinals, and then the other one was oh, Cream FTC. I think um, FTC maybe has the edge in there, but I think we've mentioned this before in previous conversations. Uh, <laughs> the way FTC has always given the impression that they can go for it. But when it's money time, it's like uh, something happens and they, they fail to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a tricky one. But at the same time, Krim was uh, really close from being out of the playoffs as well. If they can find their pace, maybe they will have a chance. Or at least they maybe they could maybe win the, the home the home game. And then it'll all be. Uh, well, I don't know which one is yeah. the first one. Yeah, Krim, Krim will be at home for that. Yeah, for the first one. Um, and intra, like, you know, Krim have been improving though as the as the this year has gone on. Uh, they seem to be finding a bit of. Uh, they seem to be finding a bit of chemistry in the team because uh, they have a lot of good players, but just weren't able to play together earlier. 
I think one of them particularly has been outstanding almost throughout the entire season. That was Barbarani Hart. She's, I think she's one of the top goalkeepers in the competition so far, um, considering both groups. But then, of course, she's, uh, she can only do so much. So I think she, she of course, depends on, on the rest of the team. And if um, Pino and Lekic and everyone is healthy and, and, and they can put their part in there. Uh, Cream will have a chance, I think, if they will, if they win the home game. Um, and they, I think it's, it's been a tricky season for them because they've had very good results in terms of, like, if you look at the matches, some of them, they lost them, but they could have won them. And it looked like they, at the very end, maybe they, they couldn't get them. But I don't think a team like that, I don't think everyone expected them to be fighting for survival on the last uh, games of the group round. But playoffs are different, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't count out Borussia Dortmund just yet, by the way. I think they could, could make life difficult for Mets. So I asked Alex for his quick opinion on who his player of 2021 would be. And I'm kind of glad he mentioned it, because if we didn't mention this name, at least in the conversation, I think we'd be excommunicated from the handball community. Nora Merck was his choice. Yeah, listen, I was going to mention her as an honorary mention. Maybe not the podium, but yeah, I was definitely going to mention her. The fact that she came back after two years, almost two years of not playing. And then, of course, she, she, she already won gold and did absolutely everything perfectly on the 2020 Euro. She also had a very good 2021 and it just looks like she's back uh, to almost her 2017 version, which to me was her best year. Um, and yeah, it, it's a bit unfair maybe that she's out of the list, but at the same time, it's like uh, we have so many names. But uh, yeah, I would definitely also mention her. I had her down. Uh, as she joined a conversation, I wanted to bring her up and then I didn't. And I don't know why I didn't. But uh, I was thinking the same thing, and there you go. Some somehow, it was. I, I think it was all center focused around the the final four and her getting the all star nominee. Uh, I think that was a big moment in my head, thinking, "Oh, that's that's an absolutely incredible story." But somehow, over the whole year, she doesn't seem to have kind of come to the forefront in my head, anyway. So we're no closer to knowing. But I think she's among the top three top scorers at the moment in the Champions mm-hmm. League. I think it's Niagara with Roberts and, and then Mark or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Roberts. one yeah. One of those players you uh you know will be will be there or thereabouts. And maybe Alex, as he too is in a state of injury now, uh that has, has left him feeling sympathetic to Nora Merck uh, for his own similar plight. So we're no closer to knowing who the winner is. Uh, we've given our opinions. We've, all, I think, all held firm. And uh, now we're going to leave it to the, the fans to to decide who actually gets the uh, prestigious inaugural award. And if you do also want to vote in the real vote, which doesn't have Yamina Roberts, Nora Merck, Anna Gross, <laughs> Henny Reistah, Christina Niagu, Jovanka Radicevic, and many others, 
You can do that on the IHF.info website until the 28th of March. So there's still time to vote in that. I will leave it at that. And thank you so much, uh, Laura and Jaina from Playmaker Women's Handball for joining us yet again. And thanks for standing your ground as well. And Grassadi, lovely to have you on. Brian Campion, lovely as ever. Everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with the next one. Until then, and when you'll hear, of course, about Alex Kulash's traumatic 24 hours. But until then, take care and goodbye. (laughs) 